Love this podcast. Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. From the minds that brought you the smash hit podcast Your Life The Mixtape and Headliners comes Your Life The Mixtape magazine, a free monthly digital magazine that focuses on music, culture, and social commentary on current news and events. Visit www.yourlifethemixtape.com to subscribe today. Hello there, I I want to take a moment to talk to you about Dear Dean Magazine from Dear Dean Publishing, my favourite subscription-only monthly digital magazine. It's got subscriber-generated content about politics, pop culture, travel, family, pets, and poetry and wellness articles and features, contributor articles from nationally recognised journalists, writers, and artists, and provides opportunities for novice writers and authors and other contributors to share their voice, talents, and words. Did I mention that it's completely free? Dear Dean Magazine provides free advert space for small creators, authors, and podcasters, fulfilling its vision that some art should always be free. It's owned and operated by Myron J. Clifton and is designed and distributed by Katya J. Lerner at Buzzword Consulting. Visit deardean.com slash subscribe to get signed up. You're listening to Headliners, the podcast featuring the best and brightest of entertainment from all over the world. Now here's your host, Greg Howard Jr., Dave, got a new single called Lie. Please welcome David from Seven Spies. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Just, um, yeah. Getting through the chaos of music life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell me tell me about the, the single. Tell me about Lie. Um. Well, it took far too long to make. That is, that is always the starting point. So literally a song that got written when I was a teenager and then just vanished and came back and vanished and came back. And then in that wonderful pandemic thing that happened, just found myself playing it just after we'd released our first single, which was like days before lockdown. Worst timing ever. And oh, wow. uh, then since then, People were just bugging me, like students of mine, because like that's the other bit of music life that I do. And they're like, you need to release Lie. You need to release Lie. <laughs> I was like, I'd actually have to record Lie. I didn't do it. So it just ended up having this whole new life of maybe this should be a thing. Maybe I should finally get it right. And so sent Ollie a message going, we're going to redo Lie. And he was like, what I was like just just bear with me just like, just <laughs> tell me when you can come in and drum so then we made it in well everything apart from the drums were recorded in the studio as you can see behind me so everything was all done here and well I say that everything and then the strings were done elsewhere because we decided it needed strings and I was like it needs real strings it needs to find like a <laughs> string section um so luckily another buddy of mine's got a studio and he was putting on a putting on a string day and i was like i'm in <laughs> i <laughs> definitely use your string section we are there so yeah it's um that's kind of how it happened and then you get the whole kind of everyone goes what's it about and i'm there going i'm not a hundred percent sure <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I know it's kind of about this and it's kind of about this, but then when I wrote it, it couldn't have possibly been about this. But actually, if you think about it, it kind of is. So it's a weirdly prophetic in a way, sort of just about, yeah, that whole struggle of like, yeah, this is my thing. I'm going to do this. But actually, it's not as easy as I thought. And life gets in the way. And, you know, like you can't have your cake and eat it kind of thing. It's so. Yeah, that's the weird overview <laughs> of what's going on with life. So on a on a scale of one to ten, how excited about life are you right now? Um, if I said anything less than ten, I think my fiance would run down into the um, cabin right now and um, beat me with a shoe uh, <laughs> because we're getting married next year. So there is nothing but like everything's full go. So life at the moment is a ten on excitement because I've got new music out, which is always a joy because it's that wonderful thing of I get to do what I love with life. You know, I do music. That's what pays the bills and then I get to release my own music because music does and then yeah I'm getting married so all in all life is <laughs> definitely a 10 right now you can't cannot complain at all what would you what would you say has been like the career highlight for you so far that's a weird one because like I've been doing I've been doing music in general since I was seven so yeah like I I got I got scouted at a choir thing to go and perform at the National Theatre as a a kid so and then they'd be like do you want to miss school and do you want to get paid for it so yeah I do actually that sounds absolutely fantastic so I sort of started fairly high so it's kind of like what's your career highlight debuting was possibly quite high up there but I don't I don't know. I mean, it's a bit weird. You get little moments that, for me, are really important. Like the last gig that we played, um, one of my students has been dying to get down for a gig for years and is now old enough to have ID and get into venues. And they're like, I am there. I am there at your gig. And uh, at the end of the show, they're just running up to me going, oh my God, that is sick. Like, why are you teaching me? Why are you not doing more of this? And like, you know, it's just, it's little things like that. I think are career highlights where you just, you just have something where you've made music and it connects with someone. And, or, you know, you you play a gig and someone just, just one random person. It could be one of those gigs where you've played like 10 people in a room that we've all had the wonders of doing, but one of those 10 people then stands there and chews your ear off about how fantastic they think you are for half an hour. And you're sort of standing there awkwardly going, thank you. I genuinely don't know what to say. This is, <laughs> this is lovely. I, I'm just playing a gig. I like, I have a compulsion. I need to do this. If people love it, amazing. But it's like, I don't know what to say, but that's yeah. So it's thing. I think their career highlights. You know, if I you could you could chuck me on stage, you know, at Wembley in front of eighty thousand people, but that would be amazing. You know, that's kind of that's like where we're. I say where we're all. That's like who's who's not dreaming of sort of going. Who wants to listen to my songs in in an arena? But if it's that one person, that's yeah. That's, that's something special. You just have someone who's so genuinely moved by what you do that they just want to grab you and just be like, ah, and then, yeah. So that, that, that for me, like any of those moments that I've been lucky to to have a few times, they're probably career highlights because that's a hundred percent. This was my thing. This was my baby. I put it out into the world and then someone just went, oh my God, it, it doesn't matter how many times that happens it's kind of always awkwardly humbling like you're like it's so nice I guess this is always what I wanted but then now you're standing there and saying it to me I have no idea what to say <laughs> but, yeah so that that's got to be biggest career highlight um and the, and the one with my student happened fairly recently and I'm still as you can tell quite buzzing off it because you see, I see them all the time they're just like, <laughs> like I'm playing guitar in front of them they go to a show and they're like oh my god I'm like 
thanks. This <laughs> is what I do. <laughs> What would you say sets Seven Spies apart from everybody else that's putting out music right now? Um, well, I don't sound like the archetypal rock lead singer. I is, is, is I guess one thing is like very much my voice is my voice. So for for better or for worse, you know, it's, I sound like me, which which is which is great and. So that's one thing that always gets flagged up as a, yeah, but your voice. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, so that's obviously a point of differentiation. We're, we're starting on the, the, the voice thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so that, so that and everything that goes with it. I mean, I trained as an opera singer when I was a kid. So, and, I grew, and my dad was a principal cellist in the BBC Concert Orchestra. So I grew up around music. It's this is This is what I've done. You know, I was three years old, sat on the floor of the um, Hippodrome down in Golders Green, watching this orchestra play on a Friday night, pretty much most weeks, just like going, this is cool. So <laughs> I think that comes into the music because there's always more music going on than you'd kind of expect in a rock song. I mean, like the string section I was talking about for Lie, when you just mute that, you everything else and you just pull that up on solo and I've, I've written it as i would hear a string section so you've got counterpoint going on the cello's got like a lovely counter melody and everything so all lovely and intricate and it, it flits away at the back and gives this texture but that's what i've like had up by osmosis as a kid and all the way through my life and i love i love so much music like as a, a range of music, like completely obsessed with film music and John Williams and orchestral writing and completely mind blown by like Tchaikovsky and the um, Russian composers. And I guess that kind of comes into it because there's always loads of texture. I'm like, going, how can I, I'm listening to a song, how can I put that in there? It's, I hear it and I go, okay, cool. The chords sound cool, drums sound cool, bass sounds cool, top melody sounds cool. And then my brain is just going, and then there needs to be a thing there and a thing there and something. And if we just have that and that rhythm's flying off this rhythm and nothing's ever quite as it seems. Like people, you know, people come and play in the band and they go, there's always something to like banana skin in one of your songs. It's like you'll play this, you think you know the song, and then they'll be like, Why is there only half a riff in, on the second riff? Like, well, it just sounds better. They're like, I know it sounds exactly like it should, but I'm kind of playing the riff. So, yeah, I think there's always just a little bit of a banana skin, a little bit more than just straightforward rock and roll. But then at my heart, I do just I have that kind of pop sensibility of like, but it's still got to have a great top line. So that's, I guess I see music a bit differently. We do music a bit differently in that respect. So if you delve under the surface, there's all that going on, which not everyone is doing. I mean, everyone's doing incredible stuff at the moment. There's, I, I love where music is because I think over the past few years, those boundaries of genres have been completely smashed to bits. You know, you've just got Miley Cyrus turning up and going, I am now a rock and roll artist. And I don't care anybody who wants to go at her and be like, Miley Cyrus is a pop star. You, go, like, you listen to her sing Nothing Else Matters and you tell me that she can't rip it up. It's, you know, Metallica are quite happy having her on stage. So, and you, you listen to like modern pop music and you've got all sorts of nonsense going on. It's just like people sampling sidewalks in Australia and then, you know, just the hip hop sampling influence that's come in as like just standard. And then someone's like got heavy guitars on their dance track and there is no boundary for anything anymore, which is great because I think it gives you a bit more freedom to do what we do as well, which is kind of like, well, I'm writing whatever is in my head. And I'm just going to go with that tangent and put it out there. So, yeah, I think that kind of differentiates us. And as I, 
yeah, as I said to you earlier, I, I will definitely go off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> What's the hashtag that best describes Seven Spies? Um, crazy bouncing unit. Um, <laughs> um oh god hashtag oh. overblown rock music like i think that's that's the main thing it's just it's just yeah it's in the best kind of way like in like a queen-esque way if that's a, if that's attainable like it's gonna i'm doing this no holds barred. It's going to be what it's going to be. So overblown rock. Hashtag overblown rock for Seven Spies. I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the best career advice that you've ever been given? I've got some really good career advice in the last sort of 48 hours, just in a random conversation, uh, which was consistency. And I think that is massively important uh, especially for me because I can be all over the place but I do think if whatever you're consistent at and you'll get a reward from it if that makes sense you just if you if you keep going if you keep on persevering if you keep on sticking to your standards if you don't you know if whatever you're doing is consistent like it's that horrible thing with the whole social media age you kind of need to post consistently that's the yeah the modern downside or upside whichever way you want to look at it but it's that there's nothing that we do like if you're playing a guitar if you're picking it up every day that's better than practicing because you're just playing so and then if what you're playing is at a consistent level you're only gonna improve yes so that could actually be <laughs> it's just it just hits the nail on the head of everything i mean there's loads of other bits of advice that i've been given like uh, my vocal cords being told to shut up that was fantastic bit of advice <laughs> otherwise i wouldn't be singing anymore but like learned advice as well from working with people like show must go on yeah i've actually seen people in, in a complete and utter state, completely confused on stage, totally lost. And they've just gone with the tangent of, I have no idea where I am and I'm going to perform my way out of this hole. Because as long as I do, then nobody in the audience is going to notice. I mean, we we, play, we played a hilarious gig years ago. It's not even in this band. It was, it was with Ollie, but it was then when we were, when we were kids. I'd written this song, it's one of our first few gigs, and it was this lesson that was drilled into me, you just never stop, never stop. I was playing the riff, and I just went completely the wrong way on the guitar. So I'm supposed, I'm supposed to change the string that way. I'm too busy jumping around, I go the other way. The bassist notices what I've done, so looks over at me and just starts laughing. I look back at him and start laughing, because luckily I've gone the wrong way in key. So then at the end of the show, loads of people go, oh, it was so cool. You did this like totally wicked improvised bit and you could see like faces looking over at you and you're looking at him and go, wow, that's so cool. And I was like, no, we were laughing at each other because of how wrong they got it. But because <laughs> it's like you don't stop, you keep going. The the show just is great. So, yeah, I mean, I've just been given a lot of good advice. I, I could go on with like more and just be like, this is a great piece of advice. This is a great piece of advice. But yeah, those those two. I think if if I could maintain consistency, if anyone can maintain consistency in anything they're doing, and then the show must go, and don't stop. That's, I mean, that's 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 a bit of the Arnold Schwarzenegger bit. I mean, he's great for advice. I don't know if you follow him at all, but when he talks about how he got his career going, I, I'm always in awe of this guy going. Well, yeah, I had to come to america and they thought my accent was stupid so i'm at night school learning english while i'm then running a security company because i needed more money because i was the security guard and then i'm sleeping on the floor to make this movie about some robot with james cameron and like i'm just we're keeping the budget down so i'm living in the studio and you just 
keep that hard work going. I went, well, if it was good enough for you, kind of turned out fairly well. <laughs> a little, little bit more of that. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's my that's my best bit of advice that I can think of. Who is the dream collaboration for y'all? Oh, is this is this alive or dead or is like anybody anybody at all? Oh god, that becomes so hard. Um, I think um, I'm gonna nab. I'm gonna nab two. That's all right. Because yeah. if if it if it was anybody alive or dead, I think I think Freddie Mercury just just to have that experience of being in a room with freddie being creative because you see it from the outside you see the videos you hear the studio stories and it, all these things and just and the like, the story about bohemian rhapsody where he's in there with the rest of the band going and now we record this bit and now we record this bit and we do and they're there going we've got no idea where this is going and then all of a sudden it becomes that i think that would be an experience just if you hit it off with freddie and just go on that journey of okay this could go anywhere that that would that would suit me absolutely down to the ground and then i think alive um like actually and this is a genuine like I'd love to have this opportunity in the world. So I'm putting this out there to the entire universe <laughs> if this could happen. There's a producer called Greg Wells, um, who's worked with Katy Perry and um, like um One Republic and he did the apologize and stuff. He's pretty, pretty well revered within anybody who like picks up a microphone. But I've 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 watched masterclasses and just the way he talks about music, the way that he approaches music making, it's just m massively inspiring. And this is a guy who's worked on Deftones records and Katy Perry records and done The Greatest Showman. And like I was saying about, <laughs> I love music from all over the place. Like he was, I think he did the latest Buble record and they're all fantastic. So I'm like, I'd love to just work with someone who turns their hand to recorded music because we do it all ourselves. I mean, it's done it here. So I'm completely obsessed by the whole creative bit anyway. But someone who does it like that on so many different genres at such a level would be an absolute and utter dream. So Greg, if for any reason you hear or see this, um, please just check out the band. If you think it's worthwhile, I would love to work with you. I know that's like a plea, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that, that would be my one because it's studio geekery and I'm very happy hiding in the studio, just making music for far too long. Like e even making live, like we started, it took forever. Like I said, at the top of the thing, I got ill during COVID when we released our first single. Live was kind of a, we need to do this. And then we moved house. So kind of like COVID got in the way of everybody's lives, obviously. And then we moved house, which gets in the way of doing anything. And then eventually my, my fiance was like, right, you need to get this done and released. So I've booked you in for mastering at Abbey Road. I was like, that, that, that is... I will, I'll, I'll do it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll be finished. It'll, it'll, it'll be done. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but I could I could literally hide in the studio forever, just working on the, <laughs> on, on a track. So, um, yeah, um, it's fun. Do you have a favorite time of day? Um, I love I love early mornings if I can wake up. You know, if, if if sort of I naturally wake up and you go out and the world's just coming to life, that's beautiful. Uh, but I think possibly my favourite time of day is that bit between kind of like midnight and 2am. The world just goes dead. And it's just a really good time to be creative. Everyone else is like, there's a quietness 
I, I don't I don't know what it is. It's just you know that nothing's gonna pop up. Your phone's not likely to go off. You know, someone's not gonna pop in and say, "Oh, could you do this?" And it's I think it's just peaceful. It's just a really nice time, and I've I find I, I do a lot of good stuff if I'm on a roll. If I'm being being creative through an evening and it gets to that late bit all of a sudden it's kind of like i should really probably stop and then it's half 12 <laughs> there's one there's half one there's two and there's kind of like this buzz of like being completely wide awake loads of stuff's been really good the problem is after that it's kind of like half two three half three ear fatigue has come in and like tiredness and everything you do after that bit is a complete write-off <laughs> so it's kind of like okay i know that i've now got the buzz because 12 till 2 was really good <laughs> but <laughs> but your ears are now tired and even though you don't feel tired you can't hear properly so walk <laughs> away from the speakers come back tomorrow and don't ruin any of the good stuff but uh, that's that's my favorite time of day. It's just, it's just the creative two hours. And be great for us an hour because you could call it creative hour. But yeah, that's it's it's special when when you can just have that and almost you lose time. It's just that purple patch. What are the uh, three things that you cannot live without? Um, three things I can't live without um rugby um much to the detriment of most of my body uh, I've, I've found this since, <laughs> since since taking it up post uni um no matter how destroyed i get or surgery that i come in or doctor says you will never be able to play again <laughs> post surgery post rehab they go it's better fixed than we thought it was going to be so <laughs> Um, so yeah, so rugby seemingly I can't live without. I mean, at the moment I'm literally waiting on ankle surgery and somehow managed to play on Saturday because my team was short, short, shorter man. So um, captain sent me a text going, game on Saturday? And I was just <laughs> looking at the team sheet going, yeah, it doesn't hurt this week. Let's see if I can, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to walk the next day, but I'll be there, I'll be there. Um, so yeah, I, I have missed it. Didn't miss waking up the next day, and so yeah, like my shorts <laughs> yellow at the moment, completely and utterly. Um, but yeah, so that would be one. Um, guitars. Like, I, I don't think I could actually survive the calendar year without picking one up. <laughs> so um, I'm not even going to tr- attempt that. Ever since I picked one up, it's just been fairly key to everything. Um, and then I mean it's not it's not a singular, but like my humans, you know, like your your people that you that you pick in life, family, friends, whatever it is. I mean, life suck to be honest. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like they'd be fairly pointless. But um, yeah, those those people, you really do not do I, I mean i couldn't do without i mean you yeah this is gonna be a bit of a downer but you know you, you lose important people and you don't lose them but that day-to-day thing you, you realize that you're missing something um you know going back to the rugby bit my my uncle um we sadly don't have anymore all the way through big rugby fan lived out in south africa so the England South Africa game was um recently in the World Cup and normally all the way through this my mum's phone would just be going with wind up abuse from her little brother the whole time and it just fills the room. So it was that th- during that game I was like, okay, I need to make sure no matter how stressed I get watching this, I text mum because she's gonna be sat there and her phone isn't gonna be going. So you can't you know genuinely couldn't do without people you know your people that, that, that's definitely a, a one and that's a big one because there's a lot of them but <laughs> yeah if you could start your career over from day one knowing 
everything that you know now, would you do anything different? If this is like a genie with a lamp scenario where I sort of like, because obviously butterfly effects, you do your career different, your <laughs> life turns out different. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sat in my lovely little studio here and surrounded by all my guitars with like lovely humans in my life. So if I get to keep the, that kind of thing, if it's just career, then hell yeah. Um, <laughs> there's, like going back to the consistency thing i think it's distraction i would change being being a musician gets in the way of being a musician you know it's it's you say yes to work which is great and it's awful because the little kid in me is always like i want to play network you know it's that thing you you see the the oasis gig when you grow up again that that is what we want to do and i think it's there is an unrelenting kind of I'm doing nothing else at all costs thing that it often takes to get that much into a career. And I think, you know, you do, you can lose friendships and stuff by the wayside. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose to lose that, you know, put people, I've never put people over me in a, in a in a sense but from a career point of view i'd sort of be like no you need to just spend more time on just that one just on on the seven spies thing just on being in a band like it's great doing all the other stuff but if it was like day one kind of thing again it'd be like no you you don't have an extra bit of money this week like just don't go out when you're 20 something that weekend and like, therefore you can do something like that. So yeah, eliminate distractions and just be slightly more focused on just making the originals music and see where that would have got me. I don't know. I could be sort of like sat in a hotel room, completely and utterly miserable with a platinum album. So you know, (laughs) horses for courses, you don't know how it turns out, but that would definitely be my, my my thing but generally like I, I i get paid to make music i'm not going to complain you know so <laughs> somehow somehow i have done done that for as we said since i was seven so i'm I'm not really gonna pull at the thread too hard and wish the world away <laughs> it'd be far worse what do you think is the weirdest word in the english language um it's one of those like really odd ones in scrabble the way you can score like 82 from like q and a cut or whatever it is like <laughs> i think it's xi it's like these words that or cat is there one that's qat i know it's not too but these they're these really weird words that you kind of end up playing you're like apparently this is a word i have no idea what this <laughs> word is i have no idea what the use of this word is i also have no idea how i can score 162 off this word. These words, these are the weirdest words. Screw actual words that mean anything or just like a actually weird words. They're weird words. How are they words? <laughs> um, they're my weirdest words. They're just, they're just unacceptable in every way. Because I love a word. You know, I, I like over over elaborating, using long words, just but, but those words, I can't find a use for them. <laughs> But you just remember them. It's just like, oh, I have a J and I have an A. <laughs> and I will sit here and I will wait <laughs> until I have a triple word. And then, 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 then this will be a score. And I still won't bother to look up what this word actually means. <laughs> but but I do know it because <laughs> it will win me this game and, and annoy my fiancé. So, <laughs> so they're my favorite words. What's at the top of your professional bucket list? Like, what's the thing that you could do and then retire the next day and just be like, I'm good. Um, write, um, write one of those songs that is just becomes in the ether of everything. You know, if like, if if that's doable, and it's not in a kind of like a a fame way, but it's kind of just in a. Imagine writing Smells Like Teen Spirit. You know, imagine being in that moment where music was and all of a sudden you turn up and you write this song that just 
changes everything. You know, rock music's not the same after it. It's 30 odd years later and it's still like the riff that is go to, you know, there's a few of those songs that just do a thing. I mean, Seven Nation Army in a way. Like it's just, it's become a chant for football. It's become more than it was. I mean, just doing doing one of those, writing one of those songs that just becomes part of humanity, just part of the everything, must be mind-blowing. To, to have done that and you just sit down and go, okay, <laughs> that, 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 that's a thing. That's, that's my thing. I mean... Noddy Holders live pretty well on that with them every Christmas. You know, so <laughs> you just like, yeah, to, to do something like that. I think if I if I had a song that just did that, that would be incredible. I still wouldn't retire the next day though. It's, it's, that, it's that great thing that, like you, you say, what does the um, what does the musician that wins the lottery does? Well, he retires and goes on tour. You know, so if I have enough money to retire, what am I going to do? I'm going to spend the money on getting my best musical friends in a room, make music and play as many shows as I can until I'm bored. Because, like, why would you want to stop doing this? But, yeah. Is there someone whose career trajectory kind of inspires you? Um, I mean, I can't follow it because I'm older than her, but Billie Eilish is quite an an interesting one like um i remember chatting to someone in in the industry who came across her like early doors when she was like 13 so before she'd even just really started releasing these tracks and he was i think it was at south um, south by southwest was there and playing to some like 15 people in a room and the whole thing around it i i kind of i just respect that whole thing of okay this is this is really early and there's been a million teen pop star idol things but it's the fact that it's her and her brother and the vibe around it and the feeling and then just the way that they've kind of get to do a Bond song at, what, what was it? She's 18, he's 20. That, yeah. I think that, that is just, or, or anyone who got to do a James Bond song, to be honest, their, their career <laughs> trajectory, I will take that. There are so many James Bond references all across my music, but yeah, I just have a massive, respect for 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 that i think especially especially now to have grown up in that spotlight today with social media and everything that goes around it there is there is no allowance for a hiding space and then to make music that doesn't really sound like anything else now everything kind of is doffing hat to what Billy and Billy has have done and that you know you listen to tracks you go okay so we've got bass we've got drums we've got claps and we've got we've got we've got pretty voices <laughs> it seems that <laughs> instruments are out of style because people are <laughs> wanting to do that and I'm like, those of us who like picking up guitars and things in the middle can we can we just like yeah <laughs> not not to those of us with too much going on in the middle of the tracks but um yeah so that's I find that just really inspirational. And then um, another one, I know nothing other than one speech that I saw. It's an artist called Jelly Roll, um, who I saw the other day just making a speech at the Grammys, saying it was so refreshing for a 39-year-old to win Best Newcomer. I thought, yes, that, because there are so many people making so much great music at any given age it's kind of nice that the in that respect that you've got an artist who's made music who's definitely not fitting boxes because to, you know if you're if you're hitting that echelon of grammyness for the first time at 39 it's kind of like okay well on some level 
somewhere the, the music has to have been first here uh, but and also the fact that you managed to keep going to 39 to then be a newcomer is is great um so yeah there 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 are a couple from from now but there's a lot of people who are just massively inspirational so so other than your own music uh what are you what are you listening to right now oh an insane amount of nothing but thieves because connor's voice is just oh um in particular um there is a live version of tomorrow is closed that keeps on popping up on social media um where he's just fully unleashed it's a minimal guitar and just big slam of vocal and i'm going can you do that version in the studio and release <laughs> that as well because oh my god so that's been um as, as, as loads of their stuff has been fairly relentless on my playlist recently um i'm trying to think what else has been um the last fallout boy album i got completely obsessed with as well i, I loved the scale of that like i mean maybe it's that it was coming out just as we were releasing lie and um it's all this crazy amount of strings and orchestration on that and i was just like this is just cool this is like <laughs> emo plus um, but um yeah there's that latest queens of the stone age record always love coming back to them because they're always a little bit odd and off the wall and it's really really nice so yeah a load of that and oh the hose oh the latest hosier album um yeah who we are and francesca off that they are what what yeah that's a fantastic album anyone's not checked that out but i think they've been my latest obsessions and then something else is gonna pop up into my you should listen and i'll get completely obsessed with that and um and i i, I i've got to go back and listen to deftones tomorrow because i just heard 10 seconds of the track the other day from i think it's the white pony album and i was like oh, i missed that album so that'll, that'll, that that will probably be my obsession for next week. I'll get my way all the way through all of their albums and that will be my complete and utter listen. So it changes a lot and very quickly. What's a book that you feel like everybody should read? Oh, I feel that I should read books more. I used to read books <laughs> as a kid. Um, and now I kind of read, now I read articles like, I read a lot of music stuff and um, or I depressingly read about what's going on in the world, which is not really <laughs> that fun. Yeah. <laughs> so um, but keep, keeping yourself educated doesn't um, always lead to happiness, I don't think. But oh, I think I don't know whether it's just because it was like the first proper book book. I, I read when I was a kid, but Bram Stoker's Dracula, for the simple fact that it's not written like a book. You know, it's letters from me to Jonathan, and then it's John. Oh, no, it's letters from Jonathan to Mina, and then it's Mina Harker's diary, and then it's correspondence from Van Helsing to the Doctor. And you read through this book, and you go from one chapter to the next and if you're not careful you haven't switched perspective or well, the first time it happens you kind of just read in the book and then you're like wait a second and you go back and then all of a sudden you realize oh wait i'm reading completely another character's view here like life is completely different and that had a massive effect on me in the fact that it's like oh not everything needs to be linear not everything and you know art can be very different and maybe that's um inspired my movie likes in later life liking things like tarantino and christopher nolan where it's like what, what i'm watching is quite possibly not exactly going to be the line that we're following here but yeah bram stoker's dracula is it's a good one if you're not into books or if you're sort of just reading very easy books it's yeah that that would be my book coffee or tea neither 
<laughs> but if but if I had to, it would be tea. Coffee, coffee, and me have a um, have a check in history of um, teenage idiocy, of being um, round friends and being told we're allowed to have a can of beer and watch the football too young, and then um, we decided to have one can each. We don't. Um, we've had like that much beer. Like we've had nothing. <laughs> but then we get the phone call that they that the parents are coming back. In the evening um because they've forgotten something before they go out and we're there going oh no we've got a can each what do we do we need to sober up we're like 12 what, what, what do people do so coffee let's eat coffee beans oh no, no. <laughs> not when you've been playing football all day running around you're hyper you've had like a sip of beer and and sweets eat coffee beans that is a that is a recipe for not feeling particularly well. So me and coffee cannot on any <laughs> level get on. Still to this day, um, my fiance gave me a chocolate the other day. She was like, oh, yeah, just have that one. It's like dark chocolate. It was not dark chocolate. It was coffee chocolate. I was not happy. I was like running to anything that I could get into my face that could not taste like <laughs> coffee. So, um, But, yeah, so I've never got into either. But I will occasionally do a tea at an afternoon tea because she's obsessed with them. So it's nice for dates. So like, if I'm taking you for an afternoon tea, I'll have a cup of tea. If they've got like a raspberry herbal thing that kind of is reminding me of a cocktail, I'll be happier. But if not, but yeah, so out of, but out of choice, I'd, I'd, I'd have neither. Window or aisle seat? Uh, aisle seat. I like the freedom. And you can always see out the window. <laughs> <laughs> if I you could pick a a theme song to kind of describe where your career is right now, what song would you pick? Oh, oh, oh. Queen, don't stop me now. Yes, <laughs> that, that, that would actually, that would very much be kind of like how I've been feeling this week. It's just like, nah, I'm locked in. I'm, I'm going, I'm going as hundred percent as I can. But I just, yeah, don't stop me now. Who are the five people you would want with you if you were stuck on a desert island? Um, firstly, my brother, because we're we I mean we're not twins but we like had that kind of latched on bond the entirety of our life and like if there's a practical job that needs doing we can do this without needing to say a word to each other it's this almost symbiotic kind of we're building whatever it is that we need to build so if I'm on a desert island I'm presuming it's kind of like Jack Sparrow sea turtles um, kind of desert island we're talking about here so it would be we need to chop down a tree I'll find something to chop in you'll push it and we'll hold it and it's this kind of telepathic we can just get things done so he, he's there num number one from a pure practical survival point of view um I'll, I'll be having i'll be having him and he's also my best mate so that kind of that helps um i'd have to bring Paige, my fiance because i mean but yeah <laughs> she wouldn't be my fiance if i don't want her there um so yeah no they're, they're coming um who else am i going to bring um if i get to bring stuff with me i mean i'd bring ollie because like we can make drums out of anything so at least then i can make some music i'm i'm, I'm locking in for the long haul you know if, if we're <laughs> going to be stuck on this desert island what, what do i need i need my brother to survive and my fiance for general life happiness i need ollie because then at least that way if we're there for like two years music will still keep going um i'll take another one of my mates dom um I would say I bring my mum, but then that's just mean. I don't want my mum to be stranded on a desert island. Okay? So, so I'm not going to bring mum for that for that reason. So I've got I'm up to four. Who's going to be my fourth person? Um, I'm going to bring Torin, who's uh, the guy who filmed our video. Because if we have enough way of like of documenting stuff, if we have phones, he's just really funny. Like he does <laughs> filming TV stuff anyway. Um, so he'd just be great for like documenting it and then 
if we could make some sort of electricity source and charge our phones for long enough, it was just yeah. So they they be my people. I think I think that I'd have on my desert island if I could fire. Yes. So if I invited you, my dog is awake. <laughs> um. In, in 10 years' time, if I invited you back to the show, uh, where do you think you're at? Oh, um, I'm going to do that whole kind of like positive mindset. Um, I think I am working on big shows, like whatever bigness that is, like, but, you know, just just those big shows that's that's where my eyes are be it with band or be it with like vocal coaching and i'm like off the side just like going absolutely mental because the singer that i'm working with is just like nailing a top note that we've been like stressing about three months before in the studio but that's that yeah that there there so i i just think that kind of thing that that's where i see myself just it's it's sustainable it's shows there's people that are there um, inexplicably because i don't think anyone can ever explain if some people are turning up to your <laughs> to, 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 to a show so like, i'm doing a thing and for some reason you like it and you're here so that's yeah that's that's where i'd like to see myself in 10 years so i uh, tell the folks listening at home and all over the world where they can get their hands on the music of seven spies so um we're on on spotify and all of those streaming sites seven spies um and then we've got all sorts of handles but instagram is like seven dot spies and then like tiktok is like seven it's either it's always seven spies seven dot spies or seven underscore spies <laughs> pretty much like depending on what platform allowed us to use whatever space it was between the two um but yeah that's where you can find us there are some london shows coming up in december hopefully i've like literally been emailing to confirm shows so um they should be coming up and then there'll be more music to keep looking out for next year but if you follow our instagram that's probably the safest place to keep up with what's going on if you follow our spotify we will love you forever because then obviously you will just get our music appearing in the way wonderful way that spotify just attacks you with new music so yeah that's that's where to find us or just yeah drop us a message hunt us down demand a show <laughs> so, <laughs> if, if, if for some strange reason like I've got like 70 people in Wolfsburg go, can you come and play a show in Germany? I'm like, I'm working out. <laughs> you know? So we'll, we'll come to you. You know, if you, if you want us to find you, then we'll do it. Well, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your day to talk to me about you and the band and the music. I have, I have enjoyed this so much. No, thanks so much for having us on. It's a, yeah, great, great list of questions getting them brain around, but love to do it again. So always come back on if you ever want us. Thanks for listening to Headliners. We'll be back next week with an all new episode. Headliners is a Your Life, the Mixtape Media LLC production in association with Rod Wharton Productions. All rights and trademarks reserved.